It seems no matter where you are on the globe, small towns, villages, settlements, whatever you like to call them, are scheming with just downright strange mysteries. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends. It's good to see you made it back to another episode, and welcome if you're new. Today we're going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true small town horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. Now, before we jump into these stories, don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe if you're new. It helps us out a ton here. Now sit back, relax, and get ready to be spooked by these creepy and allegedly true small-town horror stories. Hello, Swamp Dweller. I'm from a small town in Illinois. Being from a small town, there's a few things to do for fun. There's the usual Walmart trip, hanging out in parking lots, or the simple driving around aimlessly. One night, me, my friend, and her sister were driving around looking for things to do, as one does on a Friday night. We decided to make the drive to the nearest city and go downtown and take pictures. During the drive, I spoke my thoughts out loud and announced that I had an eerie feeling. That kind of feeling you get before something bad happens. We get there and park our car. Before deciding to take the four block walk around the abandoned parking garage we knew of, as soon as we crossed the street, we got to a brick pathway with a few storefronts in front of the old state capitol. About halfway down the brick path, there is a small building and hut with tourist information. We took a short break on our walk and decided to take some pictures. As I turned around for my friend to snap a photo, I saw a guy in the corner of the path we just walked through. As a paranoid person, and a person that has watched one too many Forensic Files episodes, I made a watch out for that creep, he's giving me bad vibes comment. We were snapping pictures and I noticed every time someone else would walk past us, this said guy would just vanish and reappear once the people had passed. We kept walking and noticed he was quickly approaching us from behind. Giving him the benefit of the doubt, knowing not all people have ill intent, we decided to cross to the other side of the brick path to let him pass us. My friend bent down to pretend to tie her shoe to give him some time to pass. He crossed the street, quickly crossed back, walked in the direction away from us, and then turned back around and crossing the path again directly to us. It made no sense and was absurd. My friend stands up and we quickly cross the street to be in a more lit area with some other people coming out of nearby restaurants. We started walking to get away from him and he began following us. We quickly turned around and began running in the other direction. To which the creep in hand responded by continuing to follow us and keeping on our pace. The three of us turned around and stood at the corner. At this point we are three females downtown alone at 9 o'clock. Being followed by some strange man. My friend and her sister stood next to me. I'm 5'2", but being a female, I've learned how to be intimidating, as this wasn't my first encounter with someone like this. My hand was in my pocket, gripping my knife just in case I had to defend myself. This man turns to us once he realized we were no longer walking and made a come here motion with his hands. He then says, Come on, follow me girl, follow me. 
I then take my knife out of my pocket, quickly flipping the blade open and responded with, Get the heck away from us and quit following us. In the most intimidating, don't mess with me attitude I could muster. A group of people looking at Christmas lights across the street realized that there was something going on and quickly approached us and asked if we were okay. The creep gave me the don't you dare say something look. I quickly explained this to the group of five people, two girls, three guys, that this man had been following us for blocks and was trying to get us to go with them. One of the men in the group promptly turned to the guy and spoke. You're messing with these girls, huh? You better turn your ass around and leave. To which the creep looked very frustrated and turned around to walk away. This guy goes, We have some friends walking out of that restaurant. The man that came to our aid grabbed his phone out and called him and his friends and said, Yo, this guy walking past you currently is a creep. He was trying to get on these young girls. We're standing by and trying to follow them. I turned to look at the conflict that was about to occur. As his buddy walked past the creep, they confronted him. Are you messing with these girls, huh? Try that again we'll beat your ass. You think it's okay to follow young girls? Upon being confronted, this man ran across the street and started running away. I then re-explained what had happened to the people that had just joined us. We thanked them for coming to our aid and helping us. I don't know what the creeps' intentions were, but I know they weren't good. Had those people not come to our aid and scared them off like that, who knows what would have happened, or where or if we would be here right now. Hello, my name is Nick, and I am 14 years old. This story takes place in 2020, right after the global shutdown. I live in a small town in Ohio called Grafton. I had met these two kids, their names I will not identify. We'll call them C and D. We had decided to go on a walk through the neighborhood as kids do. We had just finished walking through what we called the rich neighborhood, because all the houses looked nicer compared to ours. We came across the trail which none of us had ever seen before. We all agreed to go explore it. The trail led us to this strange pile of tree stumps. We had all had this strange feeling when we had gotten there. It did smell like rotting flesh, but I like to think that that was maybe the trees or something like that. However, we decided to look around the tree stump pile. When doing so, we discovered a sort of, I guess what you could say, fort. We found some sort of bone and paintbrush as well. A sense of dread came over all of us at once. I had noticed something moving in the woods and had alerted my friends. They stared into the woods and slowly started backing up. They had seen it too. What is that thing? Dee said, trembling. I said, I have no clue, but I do not want to stick around to find out. It was not until that thing howled, a scream that I've never been able to describe until this day, that me and my friends sprinted out of that area. All three of us, together, haven't gone back ever since. I have once, a couple of months ago. I was walking around the town with my friend M. I told her about this secret fort that me and my friends had discovered. I decided to go show her where it was. We went to the trail and walked around it. There was something off about this trip there, though. It could have been that there were just two people this time, and I was the only one who had been there before. But anyways, I showed her the fort. She investigated the woods and started freaking out. I instantly got worried because that was my first reaction to the creature as well. I started looking through the trees to try and see what she was freaking out about. 
my heart dropped, and I, I saw exactly what I had seen the first time. I can't really describe it in perfect detail, but it was at least eight feet tall, had antlers, and from what I could tell, was eating some sort of dead animal carcass. We bolted out of there, and I haven't been back ever since. I don't really know what we saw, but I can tell you this. Something is lurking in the woods of Grafton, Ohio. After hearing stories on your channel, I believe that it could possibly be a Wendigo or something very similar. I'd like to start this story off by mentioning that I am female, and at the time of this story I was in middle school. To give a better understanding of the layout of my home, my family's home is in the country, and we live in a small village. We also live near a post office. Behind my home are a few different crop fields. We also have a horse pen in our backyard. Since at the time of this story we just recently built our pen from an old wooded area behind our home, Behind the horse pen, near the field, is a tiny trail along the fields for farmers to take equipment along. Keep in mind, due to my horse pen being recently built, you have a clear view of the trail behind our home if you stand at our back door. My family would also normally take our dogs for walks on that trail. Now that we have a description, I will move on to the story. At the time, I was visiting my neighbors that live about two minutes away from my house. I was hanging out with my neighbors. I would also like to mention my neighbors have two daughters that are around my age. I'll call them A and M. After chatting with them, I told A and M that I would be heading home, since the sun was going down and I did not want to walk home in the dark all alone. At the time, my sister and my mom were away on a trip. My older brother was away at work, and my father was also away doing a small job for his job. So, I knew I was going to be home alone. As I stepped out of their house, I decided to cross through the large front yard instead of going down the road. My neighbors used to have a couple of horses. So, at the time, they turned their front yard into a big horse pen. They also didn't take care of their field, so the grass was quite overgrown. As I walked through their giant front yard, my eyes drifted over to the trail behind my house, and I noticed a figure walking down it. Side note, no one ever uses that trail. I hardly ever see the farmers even use it. Normally, just my family and I use it to walk our dogs, so seeing a person walking down the trail was a bit odd. I began to grow nervous due to seeing this stranger on the trail. I'm quite the paranoid individual since I do listen to a lot of scary stories, so that doesn't help my case at all, and I began speed walking through my neighbor's field. As I look back over to the figure, it seemed like the person was copying my movement as the figure began jogging down the trail. At this point, I broke out into a full-on sprint. I jumped the fence into my neighbor's yard and bolted for the post office. I then realized the post office was closed, so I ran to my front door. Then, my heart dropped, realizing my front door was also locked, which meant I would have to go for my back door. If I went for my back door, that would bring me closer to the figure, though. I decided to run for it. As I did, I couldn't help but look at the trail to see the black figure charging towards me very close to the horse's pen. It looked like this figure was about to jump the fence. There weren't any features on this figure. It was just a tall black figure. The best way I can describe it was almost like how you see a figure in the distance, but all you see there is blackness. I began to cry and rushed into my house. I whipped the door, slammed it shut, and locked it. At that moment, I didn't think of anything. 
I just grabbed my phone and called my dad. At this point, I was sobbing. My dad picked up and I told him about the figure. Well, when I did this, I hid behind the kitchen counter because it shielded me from the back door. My father tried calming me down and told me that he would be home in five minutes. After he hung up, I noticed that everything was quiet. No one was banging on my door or trying to get in. I was still worried about the figure, so I remained in my hiding place. When my dad came home, I ran to him sobbing. We both went outside and checked for the figure, but it was nowhere to be found. He even got in his van and went near the trail to check it out, and found nothing. My father didn't stick around since he had to go back to his job and finish off what he was doing. But he asked me if I wanted to go back up to my neighbor's or grandmother's house. I chose to go back up to my neighbor's house. I am now a college student, and there was never anything that came from this experience, but I still think about it sometimes. A little after the experience, I told the rest of my family, and they didn't really believe me. When I brought it up again a few years later, others I've told about it believe it was paranormal. I don't know what to think of this experience, but I still vividly remember it. I don't expect anyone to believe this story. I just wanted to share my experience. I also just wanted to say thanks to you, Swamp Dweller, for reading my story and sharing my experience. In 2011, I was a sophomore in high school and I was hanging out with my friend Hadley. We live in the Rust Belt and the population of our area has declined quite a bit in the last 40 to 50 years. So schools were merged as a result of declining enrollment, which means there are a lot of abandoned schools. I lived in a small town on the Pennsylvania-Ohio border and the abandoned school was a hot spot for teenagers who wanted to smoke weed and break windows and just do overall havoc stuff. My friend and I were in a breezeway type area. You could just step right in over a foot and a half tall wall. Because of all the glass that had been broken out, all of a sudden a guy comes around the corner and grabs my friend, telling her to come with him. We all think it's the guy who intends to call the cops, so we book it the heck out of there and walk to my cousin's house down the street. It is the day before my aunt's birthday, so it was a supermoon, 3-19-2011. So all of my family is at my cousin's house and we hang out with them for a bit. They all end up going out to eat but my cousin, Hadley, and I stay back at the house. It's now dark outside. We are sitting on my cousin's stoop and smoking cigarettes when all of a sudden we see a man walking down my cousin's driveway from the direction of her garage, not the direction of the street. And he has his coat pulled over his mouth and his hat pulled down his eyes so no one could really see what he was. All you saw were eyes and nose. He's making a strange gesture at us. At first I thought he was jangling keys at us, so my stupid self thinks it's our uncle trying to give us the house keys, and I walk up to him. And my cousin says, Jake, get the heck away from him. And now I'm a little bit closer and I can see what he's doing. He's playing with himself. We turn around and run back to the house, to the front door. The door to the stoop was literally never, ever used and was blocked with a bunch of stuff because it opened up to the storage room. We thankfully got inside. The guy gets to the front door after us and finishes all over the sliding glass door and then runs back towards her garage, into the woods. We are freaking out, losing our minds. We call the cops, they ask us some questions and then leave. About a week later, a girl who had graduated from our high school heard about what happened and remembers seeing a car parked on the street behind my cousin's garage. They had taken down the license plate number. 
She reported the number to the police, and it was registered to an Ohio man, and we are in Pennsylvania. But literally only about a quarter mile away is the Pennsylvania-Ohio border. Not much got really made of this, though. And then suddenly, a few weeks later on the news, there is a case about a car chasing down a woman from Walmart in Youngstown, Ohio, and attempts to follow her inside and, you know, assault her. The man got arrested. Turns out he had a habit of trying to assault people in Walmart, parking lots in both Newcastle, Pennsylvania, and Youngstown, Ohio. He faced charges in both states, and my cousin, friend, and I were all subpoenaed to testify against him. When we got to court, we had to see everything. We had to see the guy who messed with us that night and played with himself and did God knows what else to other people. I do believe he eventually got a few years in prison and did get out though in like 2015 or 2016. So yeah, I'm not entirely sure if uh, justice was really served there. To preface this, I love to drive, like hours-long drives to nowhere with no destination in mind. Just me, my music, and the road ahead of me. Living in Nebraska, I'd often take roads or lonely highways, cutting through the countryside to small towns and eventually cities. And I'd usually take these drives at night since there was less traffic to worry about. I've done it since I've had my license, for four or five years now. And I've never once had any sort of issue, nor have I ever run into any trouble. That was until a few nights ago. For reference, I'm a relatively small 22-year-old female, and as I've stated before, I've often taken drives like this completely and utterly alone. They're a good way to clear my head when I'm stressed, upset, or overwhelmed, or for me to get a plan together or some sort of personal issues out. I've also done these long and lonely drives to get away from the toxicity of my household when I used to live with my parents as a means of coping with their alcoholism. Though now that I have moved out and I'm in a much better place mentally, I don't really have the urge to get in my car and just drive anymore. However, on the night this event took place, I was feeling pretty overwhelmed, stressed, and anxious with a clusterfuck of personal issues I'd rather not get into. I felt restless and irritable around my boyfriend. I couldn't really focus on anything else and decided I would take a drive to clear my head. My boyfriend was understanding and told me to be careful and not to be gone for too terribly long, since it was getting pretty late. I agreed, gave him a kiss goodbye, and left. I drove around our little town for about 30 minutes, but I was still feeling on edge about everything transpiring in my personal life, so I decided to drive a bit further down those dark, familiar, winding, one-lane highways. I kept the car at a steady 65 miles per hour, taking the turns at a slower pace in case a deer jumped out around the bend. I was just admiring the vast, empty darkness and the snow-capped fields and barren trees. It was honestly a bit creepy, being all alone with no cars in sight, and seemingly the middle of nowhere. The few houses miles back down the road were lightless, and dead cornfields withered away and covered in the snow. It was like something out of a horror movie, and I half expected to see a ghost pop up in my rearview mirror, or see some clamor out of the patches of the trees dotting the horizon. The only light came from my headlights, and even then I still strained to see through the inky darkness of the night, 
By now, it was just after 11, and I told myself once I made that familiar roundabout that would either take you to a small town or back up towards the little town I lived in, I would head back home. That roundabout was still about 15 to 25 minutes away, but other than my imagination picturing the worst, I wasn't really all that concerned. I mean, I was by myself. I didn't have any other motorist to worry about, right? Wrong. As I'm rounding another bend, I notice a vehicle with its hazards flashing maybe a quarter of a mile or something away from me. It was just some sort of sedan, dark colored, and was angled to where only part of it was on the shoulder, while the rest jutted out onto the road. Like they had to pull over in a hurry, but didn't quite manage to do that. The driver's side door was flung wide open, and as I slowed my vehicle down and angled it towards the opposite side of the road to pass, I could make out what looked like blood on the inside of the open door. I didn't see anyone on the road or in the car, and I was the only motorist in sight. Cell phone reception is spotty at best in this part of the country, but more often than not, you couldn't get reception no matter how hard you prayed, which was definitely the case when I took a glance at my phone to see if I had any service. So a lone female on the road at night pulling up to a vacant car that looks like it had been attacked on the inside with no cell service was, uh, not a good idea. Now, I'm no dummy, but I've watched countless episodes of Investigation Discovery and Criminal Minds and read far too many true crime books to know that this had bad and danger written all over it. But there was still a part of me that worried about something terrible happening to somebody. What happened to whoever was in that vehicle? And I thought that maybe I had to help. These roads don't get a lot of traffic at night, and temperatures are well below freezing. If someone were hurt or in trouble, there was no one here to help them but me. Still, I erred on the side of caution. I, I was still driving my car, though a bit more slowly, and as I approached the vehicle, I rolled down my passenger window just a little bit, shut off the music, and called out, Hey, anyone there? Are you okay? I didn't hear a response. I was worried that they were passed out somewhere but I wasn't about to get out and look for them. I told myself I'd call out one last time, and if I didn't hear anything, I would leave the moment there was reception, I'd call it in. And if I did hear someone, well, I figured out my next course of action. So I, I shout out again, Hey, what happened? Are you okay? There was a silence for a minute, but then I heard rustling from the shadows of the trees, followed by a gruff voice saying, Yeah. I was relieved at first and was about to say something in response or possibly even stop my car and get out when I noticed three things simultaneously. As I inched my way past the front of the sedan, I noticed there was no damage on the hood or anywhere else on the vehicle, which I found to be strange considering the blood on the inside of the door. In my rearview mirror, I caught a glance of someone coming out behind the sedan and they were making their way towards my car, fast. The first person did not have any blood on them or appeared injured in any way wearing a mask, not like a face mask for COVID or a ski mask or anything like that, but one of those masks you would see in the Purge movies, and they were holding something in their hand. I don't know what it was, I couldn't get a good look, but from its length and shape my guess would be a tire iron or a crowbar or something like that. I don't need to tell you that I slammed on my gas the moment I noticed those things and drove like a bat straight out of hell, my heart thundering in my chest and my entire body shaking. My window was still rolled down in my haste, and the music was still shut off, so I could very clearly hear someone, definitely a man, shouting at me, though I had no clue what they were saying. I just knew I had to get out of there immediately. 
I stole one last look in the rearview mirror as I drove away, mostly to see if they were getting in their sedan to follow or chase me. The man with the weapon was still standing in the middle of the road watching me, and right before I looked away from the mirror, I saw a second man emerge from the woods that had been rustling earlier, also wearing one of those creepy masks and no trace of blood on him. I probably broke every law for speeding that night, but I wanted to get as far away from those men as possible. As soon as I made it to the roundabout, I turned towards town, parked in the parking lot, at the closest Walmart, and thankfully, got to chill. There were other cars there, from who I assumed were workers closing up shop, and proceeded to have a full-blown meltdown. When I could pull myself together, I called one of my friends, who was a police officer, to tell them what happened, and what I should do. He was concerned for me and was asking if I was okay, where I was, did they follow me, etc., he told me since it was out of city limits he couldn't do much on his end, but he could get in contact with the local police and sheriff in that jurisdiction to take my statement and check it out. I agreed, thanked him, and while I waited for the police to show up, I called my boyfriend. Through my hysterical sobs and panic, I managed to tell him what happened, not even ten or so minutes ago. He was, as you could imagine, super freaked out for my safety and wanted me to either come home immediately or drive himself down to take me home. I told him the police were on their way to take my statement so I couldn't just leave and that I was okay, but I stayed on the phone with him until I saw the familiar police cruiser pulling into the lot. I gave them my statement and they assured me that they would go to that spot and I told them all about the sedan and all the details I could about it. I told them what they tried to do, the two masks, the guys, everything. I still have so many questions and have no answers. What were they doing? Why? Was that blood on the inside of the car, or was it just some sort of ruse to get my attention? If it was blood, who did they hurt? What would have happened if I stopped my car? Needless to say, I won't be going anywhere late at night anymore. I live in a small town in Michigan, out in the country. I've lived in the same house for 18 years. This house gives me some creepy vibes, but overall, it's a lovely house. Now, I've had many sightings here. Mostly, I see small shadows about dog size darting out of sight. But I've seen a few humanoid ones, too. I'm going to share a couple of my scariest sightings. It was probably 2016, and I was in my loft bed alone, drawing pictures. I feel like I'm being looked at or watched, so I look up to my doorway... And there, a man stands. He seemed voidless, just solid black with no details except his hat. He had a black fedora on, and a jacket. As soon as I looked up, he walked away. As he walks off, I can see his coat flow behind him. Now, you would have to walk off with some force for your jacket to blow inside. I have never seen him since. I have heard of the hat man, and it's the closest thing I could think of. If anyone knows more about him, I would be grateful to know in the comments. Now for my second story. I was around four or five years old at the time. I went upstairs to help my dad put salt in the softener. Now, we have a classic Michigan basement. It's very spooky down there, especially for being so young. But what I saw that day still scares me. Yes, I was young and most people would chalk it up to just my imagination. But I know what I saw. I was walking around and exploring a little bit, because it was one of my first times down there. I turned around to a dark corner, and there it was. 
He was hunched over with a wolf's face and he bared his teeth and looked right at me. I ran upstairs screaming for my mom. My dad was down there and didn't see anything, so he just thought I was being a silly little kid. At the time, I never really knew anything scary like that and never watched any horror movies. This creature was also solid, black, and voidless, but I could see its teeth and eyes. I know what the Michigan Dog Man is, but I never thought there would be a shadow dog man. Our basement has a low ceiling, and my dad being 6'6 has to bend over down there. This thing was bent over more than he was watching me, but just like the hat man, I never saw it again. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true small town horror stories. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to give this episode a like, as that helps me out a ton. If you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please give this episode a 5-star rating as it helps me over there. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit the subscribe button and turn on notifications to make sure you don't miss a new episode as I upload them nearly every single day on all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, whether it's a small town story or something completely different, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'm always looking for new stories to share, and I'd love to see what you got. If you're on the go, but don't have YouTube Premium, but would like to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and pretty much anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. It's absolutely free and always will be. I'd love to know in the comments down below what your favorite story was tonight. I know, I know, it's always hard to pick one, but it helps me pick better stories in the future for you guys to listen to. If you'd like to support the show outside of subscribing, giving this episode a like, and dropping us a comment, maybe check out the merch store. I got t-shirts, hoodies, face masks, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool swamp threads. Be sure to join me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode.